0: Our game in general needs a little revamping because it used to be competitive. Yeah. It used to be competitive and like you know, fans want to see the best pickup game in the world. Yeah. That's what this is. They don't yeah. want to see you running up and down and dunking and doing all this crazy like they want to see the what happens when you get this collection of best basketball players on the planet and they play and they go head up against each other. Man. I mean you guys play harder at a pickup game in UCLA. For real. Yeah, and ain't billions of people watching. For real. Yeah. Yeah, they do.
1: And to the Eastern Conference All Stars, you scored the
2: most points. Well, congratulations. I I can't believe Adam Silver's enthusiasm. Um, He's Mike. I'm Charles. Welcome to Out of Our League. So, Mike, we go from (laughs) the commissioner of the National Football League giving the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs the trophy in this sublime, perfect moment. And a week later, we go to what is. An almost embarrassing I would say and even the commissioner is embarrassed so at least I respect his transparency Uh, it wasn't well we'll unpack it but it's funny too because we're going to talk about something that nobody wanted to watch but yeah I
1: mean uh, I think I think that what we saw was just a real human moment from (laughs) Adam Silver where you know, he put himself out there earlier on the weekend that he said that the all-star event has been, you know, uniformly, people have been uniformly critical of the competitiveness and that, you know, him talking with the players and the players association that, you know, everyone was aligned to make it a more competitive game. And what we got was Saturday night
2: and it was pretty clear, Adam was disgusted. You mean Sunday, Sunday night, but we'll talk Sunday about night, Saturday sorry, night. Right, so yes, We'll talk Sunday. about Saturday night as well. You're, you're playing hurt. You're under the weather. Mike uh, went out and partied and now he's, he's, he's not feeling well. So, um, you know, I, I respect that. Uh, later, Jason's well, going to be here. To be fair, this is, this, this is COVID,
1: not sort of anything, uh, anything other. Untoward. Of, you
2: didn't do anything untoward. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Jason's worm bite later, Mike Smith sports moment of the week. We're we're going to talk about Caitlin Clark and we're going to sort of talk a little bit about the uh, Saturday night, Uh, Turner coverage of the all the events, both from sort of a viewer side and a media side. Um, I I don't know what you do if you're Adam Silver about this, Mike. And I don't think we need to spend a lot of time trying to come up with an idea. There's a million articles out there. Maybe the one thing I thought might be interesting is why this is so important to the NBA from a business standpoint. Because unlike the Pro Bowl. The NFL has a neutral site championship game, but the NBA does not. And so the only way they can have sort of a hospitality sponsorship event and, you know, their draft is not really that big either. So this is their moment. This is their opportunity. And it's this giant game that's sort of the, the, the end of it. And it's because there's not the attitude that Kobe Bryant has had, I should say, they're it's just it's lackluster. It's it's a, and I love the NBA, and I, I I found it to be almost unwatchable.
1: I think the answer is yes to all that, and also um, it's interesting that despite our feelings on the competitiveness of the game and some of the things that went on over the weekend, you know, ratings are up for the game, um, which is kind of shocking again off an incredibly low base, but to your question, you know the NBA, different model in terms of its draft and its championship playoff rounds. And so this is their weekend where they rotate to different events and they get a bidding dynamic going on with different host cities. And they host a whole weekend of hospitality with all their sponsors, all their business partners, all their business prospects. And they, uh, they also have a tech summit and bring together thought leaders to bring innovation to the game. And um, you know, this is their Super Bowl uh, on the business side in terms of having everyone come together. Um, but on the fan side, it really the All Star Game across all sports and NBA maybe is now uh, really just becoming more prominent. It's just lagging because you know the players have too much at risk to really play this game competitively the way Kobe envisioned it, or even Adam you know ascribes it to be. And, you know, fans are just less interested than they would be because, you know, rather than seeing all these unique matchups where players are really playing against each other, now the players aren't really caring. And with national media and interleague play, fans are used to seeing all these other players all the time anyway. So, you know, what's the what's the point? Um, I do think it's fascinating that, uh, you know, Roger and Gary Bettman and other commissioners take so many – Rob Manfred takes so many body blows and so many public um, – Criticisms for a variety of things. Uh, I just I haven't heard a lot. Again, I've had my head on a pillow the last few days. And tell me if I'm wrong. That you know, Adam went out of his way to promise a more competitive matchup on Sunday night, and it was far from it. And I
2: don't hear anyone criticizing him. No, no, no. no. There's your head's been on the pillow. There's a lot of criticism about it. Has there been? Yes, and I think Adam Silver was transparent. I think he sort of he he began the criticism by by the way he sarcastically said what he said. I I don't really understand that there's a risk now because even you know when Kobe played and Jordan played whatever they 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 too had a lot to lose if they got hurt. I think two things wanted to get your thoughts. The first is they went backwards because the draft was fun. Even the NHL I believe has gone back to the draft for the All-Star game. So we lost that Uh, thing. And I think the thought would be, well, if it's East West, it's more competitive. It's not, they don't care. They don't have conference like affiliations. It's even more diluted than the American league and the national league in baseball has become. So that, that doesn't work. They uh, took the Elam ending away, um, which I thought was a good, was a good thing too. But you know, my theory of why the game sucks now is I think back in the day, the three point shot was, was not like, a cop-out like now these guys are such great shooters that it just like bombs away and and make a three if you go back like 10 years the three maybe 15 the three wasn't as much of a part of the game and and that just expands the space and because they're not trying and not playing defense Damian Lillard dribbles up takes a three from half court like and they don't care so it's a I don't know I don't know what you do I guess the question is do you need to do
1: anything Right. So if ratings are up and sponsors are paying for it and the fans at least um, uh, are coming to the events and the sponsors are showing up and uh, the sponsorship money and the business partnership opportunities are flowing in and the players are showing up and the players are having fun with their families. Is there anything really to fix? I mean, as much as
2: we like long for the day of Kobe versus Jordan, you know, really going at it. My answer to that would be the NHL attitude would be exactly what you said. And the NFL attitude would be Roger challenging all of us to figure out a way that the next day we could be proud of what we put on. And the problem would be, I don't know what they do. That's, that's the thing. Um, but I wanted to segue to Saturday. We're going to play a clip, but not yet. I wanted to segue to Saturday night because, um, you know, TNT has been doing this for a really long time. And I know their studio show is, is the gold standard, but it may be time for a completely fresh take on this event. Kenny Smith, who we'll talk about in a minute, was so dismissive of the three point shootout and like only cared about the dunk contest. It's like it, 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 it seemed like they were about as excited about the broadcast as the players were. And maybe they were all partied out. I don't know, but it was just sort of like. And I don't. I've never gotten that uh, skills competition thing where they dribble. It's it's it just all these things don't work. Um, The slam dunk contest, I guess, works if you get names, but it was still won by a guy in the G League. When they did the rising stars, they had a G League team. Like, I don't know, but it it, (laughs) yeah, I don't think I,
1: I. I like all these things are, you know, made for TV events, trying to satisfy a whole lot of different business interests and player relationship interests while not getting anybody hurt and letting everybody have fun. Um, and you're trying to, you know, check a whole lot of boxes that really, uh, are sometimes in conflict with each other. Totally agree.
2: They did try one thing, and and I think it was kind of a success. They did this Sabrina Ionescu, who plays for uh, New York, and they in WNBA, and they she plays for New York, right? Yeah. Okay, and they did uh, against Steph, and so Steph wasn't part of the three point shootout. And I think that thing was well received. There was a moment, however, that's gotten a lot of buzz on social media when Kenny Smith was talking to Reggie Miller. And may I remind everybody before Jason plays this clip that Reggie Miller. Is the brother of the great Cheryl Miller, so Reggie has an invested uh, piece in this conversation. Are you kidding me? Let's play the clip. I, I, I think she should have shot from the. Stop it! She should shot from the women's that line. That would have been a fair contest. I still root for Sabrina.
1: I still root for Sabrina. We all are rooting for Sabrina. Sabrina. What she should have shot
0: from at? the three-point line that the women shoot from. Why are you putting those boundaries on her? That's she, not a boundary. She that's what the shoot. game is. She wanted to shoot. They have a smaller
1: ball, don't they? She, she shot a ball, WNBA ball. WNBA ball is smaller. She shot with the WNBA yeah, but ball. Yeah, she, did. she should have shot from the line. It, it's a women's team in golf and it's a
2: men's team. Now, Mike, I do want to say um, a couple things and then I'll let you jump in. Um, she, if she had competed. In the men's contest, she would have come in second to Damian Lillard is what, yes. I, is what I was told. And, you know, you brought up this point, so I'm going to give you the credit. I didn't even think of this. If there's a woman on the broadcast, if Cheryl Miller's on the broadcast, if Candace Parker's on the broadcast, um, is, there, is it a different conversation I just, you know, and this has got a lot of play and, and, you know, I don't think Kenny Smith meant anything, you know, it's, it's sort of, if you want, you could call it willful ignorance, or you could just call it whatever you want to call. I don't want to call it anything is my point, but it's just, it's getting a lot of play. Yeah. Well, this
1: fortunately, maybe this is a good time for me to have a head of my pillow the last few days. So I haven't been in as in touch with my, my whole basis is Saturday night, uh, I was watching it, and the entire time, I just felt very awkward having these three dudes try to commentate on this historic moment for women's professional basketball, having their greatest shooter of today, going against the greatest men's shooter of today, and you know, going toe to toe. And to not have a woman's voice uh, who has, you know, walked a thousand miles in Sabrina's shoes to be a commentator in that moment, just was such a massive miss. I was sitting on my couch um, with my wife, just sort of saying it out loud. I, I just was uh, couldn't believe it, and I just wonder how did that happen with you know all the production people around Turner? How did you know? Just somebody not even think of that, or did somebody think of it and it was actually dismissed as not being a, a valid idea or uh, a usable idea, which make which would have be more troubled? And I also just wonder, you know. W- how does the NBA feel about all this? Because, you know, their goal of this is to try to really elevate the WNBA and try to sh- showcase it in a national spotlight and really just show uh really what an amazing athlete Sabrina is. And, um, you know, again, I, I, you know, Kenny and everyone was saying, we're rooting for Sabrina. And yes, uh, I'm sure they were. Just the whole thing was just awkward and tone deaf and just was so easily corrected by just having you know, the right voice sitting at the table as a commentator.
2: You know, I I think TNT is just, they, they, like if ESPN had this for a year, it would be very interesting. And a lot of what they do, I think is not great. We'd have Stephen A. yelling or whatever, but they have Mike Breen, Doc, I mean now JJ Riddick and Doris Burke in the booth. And because she's good, because she's good, not because she's a man or a woman, Candace Parker's good. Um, so, and she's on TNT. So I just feel like they've been doing this for a long time and it may be like, you know, what's that? Turn the page, go to this date. This is the way we do it. And, uh, it needs a refresh, but, uh, I don't know what you do. The other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, do you have another comment about the the NBA or should we move no, on? No, I mean, I, I think the, the only thing I'd add to this is that it, it went over so
1: well and you know, the, it was so close and, uh, you know, Caitlin's going to be joining the WNBA next year. We're going to talk about her, uh. Later on that, you know, there's going to be another version of this that will maybe have, uh, you know, two versus two or even, you know, even more uh, WNBA versus NBA players. And so I, you know, it, it, I fully expect this to be rectified next year with just different voices, adding different context and different perspective and just elevate the conversation in a way that is going to bring, bring more fans in in a way that everyone's going to feel good about uh, what they're watching.
2: Now here's what I hope doesn't happen, okay? Cuz this is when these things go too far. Kenny Smith should not be removed from that event. Yeah, he I know, I, yeah, I, I know, but we live in a cancel culture world. So I was I don't agree with his comments, but he should not be taken off that event. They just should add um a, a woman that they think is qualified to talk about it. Um but the whole thing, whatever. Anyway, the other thing That you look forward to when the Super Bowl is over is the stadium series. uh, Which here's the thing about the outdoor games, and I worked on them a lot. In the market, they're awesome, they light up the city. People go nuts. It's a great fan experience, but it doesn't work on television. And I guess my question is you know, should they have just left it with the Winter Classic, or have they said, and this is a very NHL thing? We want national fans, but we're a local game. So if we play an outdoor game in Seattle, we light up the market. We create more Seattle Kraken fans. If we go to Jersey, we've got the whole you know tri-state area thing. I think they lean into that. And I don't think that's a bad idea, but I also don't think they've cracked the code on the television product from everything from the fans being far away from the glass at these games. Yeah. Listen, I, uh, I attended winter classic as
1: a fan way back in the day when the flyers played the Rangers at the Phillies. I
2: worked, I did that game. You did that game? Oh, so I can, blame you.
0: I
1: can blame you for this one, Charles. It was, it was, uh, maybe the worst sort of value for money of any of sporting event. I can't blame into. me for that. No. What's that? I can't blame you for that. Can't okay. blame me for that. Um, but, uh, I do know that you know these these games are g- very valuable to the NHL for all the partnership reasons that they bring in ways for sponsors to activate just like we just talked about with the NBA and their All-Star weekend and the clubs really use it locally and it really you know rallies a fan base and you know the local attendance numbers this past weekend in MetLife were you know really you know quite strong you know considering um, you know some of the sea kills with the Pre-game concerts and some of the snow, you know, they still had, you know, 70 to 80,000 fans show up on two separate nights consecutively, which um, by all accounts is, is pretty amazing. But, you know, it, we should not uh, ignore the fact that the number two rated uh, sports uh, telecast this weekend after all the NBA stuff was the PGA tour that happened um, on CBS. And so, you know, if you're the NHL um, and this is, you know, not your marquee events, but it's in your top 10 marquee events, and you're getting outrated by the PGA Tour on uh, CBS in the afternoon, you know, that's not a great place to be at a national scale. So I think they should feel incredibly proud around the local events and the way it went off, and especially MetLife. Uh, people may not know that, you know, it snowed this weekend in, uh, in the New Jersey area. So, you know, there was workers at two, three, four o'clock in the morning clearing snow um out of MetLife just trying to make it uh really as presentable and, and uh uh friendly as possible for fans of television. But um, you know, to have that kind of uh media number coming out of the weekend um just to give you an indication that it's just not uh, at a level from a, a a media property that uh they want it to be.
2: Couldn't agree more. And, you know, they had their all-star game last week and, you know, we didn't even talk about it. We didn't talk about the Pro Bowl, but again, in that market, which is Toronto, that was a huge market for the NHL. So a lot of the way they look at success was how did we play in the local market? It would be as if the Super Bowl was a lot more focused on the 80,000 people that were there and all the sort of Vegas stuff. Um, anyway, I agree. I, I, you know, I think we can move on. Um, so one thing that was great um, is something that not a lot of people saw. And here she is. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? There it is! Scoops a
1: pass to Clark. Logo three. Ah! Got it! 22 is now number one. Those are from way
0: downtown. Oh, Oh my goodness, Clark from a mile away. And is there any other way? Is there any other way Caitlin Clark could have broken the
2: record? Kudos to our producer, executive, um, man of all talents in, in his new lofty, esteemed world. Put this together, um, with all the money Mike and I pay him, and uh, it was uh. You heard from Peacock, you heard Iowa radio, and you heard Michigan student radio. Mike, one thing basketball has that the other three sports we talk about a lot doesn't have, uh, and I'm not including soccer, is uh, a strong women's game and a strong women's following. Yeah. And it builds a lot of basketball fans. And this lady is pretty unique. And,
1: you know, it's on. People should go look at the actual shot itself. We've referenced that it was a, a long three and it was, you know, a, a very long three, uh, even by, you know, NBA standards. So uh, she is uh, a generational talent. We've known that. And she rose to fandom uh, to, um, to stardom last year during the NC tourney. And uh, the star just continues to rise. Um, it sort of is interesting that this kind of moment, again, was only visible on Peacock. Um, which I don't think I actually saw what the actual viewership was on Peacock. I don't know if they announced that, but it clearly would have depressed it by hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, uh, potential people that would have watched it. Um, one of our most, uh, loyal, uh, listeners, uh, my cousin Brian actually texted me, uh, you know, upset that he couldn't access it because, uh, he doesn't have Peacock. And uh, I told him that he should, you know, buy less Starbucks and just, you know, buy Peacock for, for these moments. But, uh, it is uh, more of these strategic choices that media partners and leagues are making that sometimes you're going to have the best games actually forcing fans towards properties that are going to limit distribution. And uh, that's unfortunate for um, for fans because not everyone was aware there was on Peacock, had the ability to get to Peacock, and it limited the exposure of uh, a historic moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Um and and uh if it, it feels like that might be changing a little as time goes on, but you know it's still kind of back page um should we should we hand it over to our new esteemed executive big shot uh network guy? Should we do that? Yeah, and I just want
1: to at least acknowledge like I did before, the potties rocking a very, very cool Tottenham's first sweatshirt, so I have to give him that.
2: so ladies and gentlemen. The man, Jason Wormser. I wish I could score goals for Spurs. That's all. I think you
0: hit it on the head that another voice would have helped that situation on Saturday night. Someone who's familiar with the WNBA game follows it, and I'm surprised they didn't do that. But other than that, I think it was pretty clear that everyone was rooting for her to beat Steph. So my bite this week is on NASCAR, the opening, their their Super Bowl is the first race, and they raced 36 times in the Cup Series. And I was down there to observe uh, for my new position. In 2025, CW will be the home of the Xfinity Series. So it's the second series of NASCAR. And I was down there just to see it for the first time uh, in many, many years. I'd been to a track in over 20 years, since my days at Fox. And it is a unique. Culture. It is a unique experience for the senses, for everything. The passion around this is truly unique. I was I got down there on Thursday and you're walking around, you go to the first of all, the place is two and a half miles around. It's enormous. And then you get into the infield and it's Thursday and the race is Sunday, and there are multimillion dollar Winnebagos and modern RVs and motorhomes. And there are all sorts of scooters and high-end golf carts troning around with all the people because it's so big, you need, it's hard to walk everywhere. That was the first thing I noticed. Second thing, there's all sorts of interaction, activity going on. You've got sponsors doing stuff. You have fan fest type of stuff. You've got people with their passes going in, looking at the cars, getting real close to the cars, talking to uh, all the people involved with the cars. And then on Friday night, there's there was the truck race and the fans get to come from the stands, go down this hugely banked track at about, I think it's like a 20, at least 25 degree banking down into the infield to go see the cars. And then they get take pictures with the cars and they get to see the lineups as the, here's the, here are the drivers come up and they, so it's like a concert before the show. And it's quite a show. It's quite a production that they put on. It's really a shame that they got washed out on Saturday and Sunday. I unfortunately couldn't stay for the Xfinity race or the, the cup race. That they both ran at 4.30 and 9 o'clock on Monday. But you get it. You get around there. People love it. There's an incredible. It's an incredible industry, a unique industry. And I recommend everybody try to go see one of these big races, especially at Daytona, because it is truly a unique scene.
2: Mike, you know Jason is sort of becoming kind of uh, the Anthony Bourdain of sports television, right? Like he goes to these events. I like that. You know what I mean? And I did, not, and, eat, and I did he, not eat any fried dough. Okay, no, but like I just I feel like we have another role for Jason, and maybe. Uh, Maybe this show's an incubator for for another show, which is you know, Jason's like, you know, travels with
1: it's yeah. almost like you know, ESP and the Ocho when it goes on. You've got all these sort of like random sports. That that's what the word bites morphing into is Jason's uh Jason's uh tour of all these things that people need to be exposed to.
2: Yeah, from Out of Our League Productions, Jason J- Jason uh on the road or Jason uh no reservations. Um so that really quick before we get to the Mike Smith sports moment of the week, that's another sport, you know, like it's great to go to, but on TV. And as my friend, the late great John Saunders used to say, whenever we had NASCAR, when we were assigned to the very fun, compelling Saturday wide world of sports studio, where we came on like three times in 90 minutes, uh, three hours of left turns. There's a lot of left turns. Yeah. Uh, they go to, and then they have a road course. So. Mike Smith, sports moment of the week. you found your way to indian on a Turner's n b a all star broadcast last weekend starry the crisp crisp refreshing lemon lime soda of course sponsored the three point shooting contest in your role as head of brand marketing for Starry, you had yet another three seconds of fame appearing on court to hand Dame Lillard his winning trophy and I heard you were a little sarcastic about the game as well
1: <laughs> you know dame uh dame did well and uh the three point shootout, I think, actually probably now is the the highlight of the weekend. I must say, but just I go ahead. But like I, I I like I should have like handed it to him and like smiled more. Like I was not exactly as as crisp with uh,
0: with my hand off as I should. Does have it been.
2: bother you You're peddling sugar drinks to youngsters?